So the experience that we've had, I would say at the foundation is every step of the way, we have been surprised by the response. We have been surprised by the support. Um, when we think about um, the community, the, the community fund for mental health first aid that we just launched with the support of Farm Credit Canada. And um, we provided 12 communities across Canada with mental health first aid courses for free. And when we opened up that application process, we thought we would have to go into communities and shoulder tap and kind of say, hey, please, please apply. Instead, we actually had to shut down the application process after three weeks because we had over 100 applications. So one, yes, we are absolutely on the right track. But on the other hand, it's also incredibly heartbreaking that we like we so desperately need need the knowledge, need the resources, need the tools out there. And we finally have people that are putting up their hands and saying, yep, we need this. What do we do? Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Grains West podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Clovis, and the Grains West magazine is co-published by Alberta Barley and the Alberta Wheat Commission. The Farming Quarterly is dedicated to the interests of the province's grain farmers, and our goal is to connect farmers, food, and ideas. Go to GrainsWest.com to read the latest digital edition of our exclusive online-only stories. Alongside the great team at Grains West magazine, we're here to bring you the story behind the story. Our podcast takes listeners behind the scenes of our popular magazine topics, including in-depth interviews with the subjects of Grains West Stories. In episode one, Reaching Out, we sit down with Saskatchewan farmer and Do More Ag founder Kim Keller and Alberta Wheat Commission Vice Chair Hannah Conshu to talk about mental health and farming. Hi, I'm Ian Doig and I'm uh, the uh, Associate Editor of Grains West Magazine. Uh, this is a very timely topic because it's, uh, it's been shown that farmers suffer disproportionately from mental health issues such as anxiety and depression, but uh, also uh, because farmers and ag industry professionals are now becoming active in uh, dealing with this pressing problem. Yeah, and like the, 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 the need to appear strong and masculine and, and taking the world on single-handedly, I think, can have a really isolating effect. Now, something I've heard over my time writing and editing ag stories and, and in working on this story uh, is that farmers feel real pressure not to let their families down. And they don't want to be the generation that loses the family farm. Uh, farmers, men especially, tend to stay quiet about uh, these, these big burdens, uh, even, when, uh, even when they need help to cope. Much has been said about social media like having an isolating effect on individuals. I mean, uh, we hear and we read about that a lot, but uh, but it's also a tool to help counter social isolation uh, when it can come to farming. Like one of the great aspects of Twitter, Facebook, and like those other platforms is community building. I mean, that's at the end of the day what they are, they're communities and connecting with each other in, egg, in the egg community um, with the users is, is very, very important. Kim Keller is co-founder of uh do More Agriculture Foundation. She used Twitter to help kickstart the mental health conversation that's inspiring people to find out more, take action, and even seek help. Years earlier, her first involvement in farming and mental health was to create t-shirts to support farmers. It wasn't uh, until she received a tweet from a farmer in the summer of 2017 that she used the platform to, to write an impassioned plea about the uh, need to come together and uh, support one another. Let's kind of just read some of the tweets that, that kind of started this whole thing. Um, this was posted in June on June 24th, 2017. And she posted this, hashtag egg, 
we gotta do more. I received a message yesterday that kept me up thinking about how we could do more. Farm stress is real, suicide is real. And she goes on the thread here, fellow farmers, retails, input companies, grain buyers, lenders, this is all on us. We fail each other when it comes to mental health. Second tweet, we share, we're sure we share the articles about farm suicide, but we stop short about talking about how it affects us. Too tough for that S word <laughs> until we aren't. Uh, next one here is farmers stop making fun, ripping each other apart when one of us has the guts to reach out for help. It's not for, it's not weak. It's not a laughing matter. And then one of the last tweets here, egg companies, why don't we have outreach programs? Y'all fund everything else. Why not have our, why not save our own farmers lives? Let's fix this. And we do have a farm stress line. She, she adds with another tweet, 1-800-667-4442. Why don't we have more? Why haven't we come together for those in the farmer's middle? Now we had the opportunity to talk to Kim Keller. She operates a grain farm with her parents and her brother near the hamlet of Gronlet in Northeast Saskatchewan. She's been a full-time farmer since 2016 and she's also co-founded Saskatchewan Women in Egg in 2012, as well as Egg Tech Company Farm at Hand, which she later sold. Now in a recent conversation that you'll hear right now with, with Ian, uh, Kim opened up about some of her experiences working with the farm community on the issue of mental health and farming. Uh, she shared what she's learned over the past few years while collaborating on farm mental health movement across the prairies. I understand uh, it was a single tweet that got the ball rolling on your involvement in farm mental health. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So actually my work and Himanshu Singh's work in mental health actually started uh, in 2015 at Farm at Hand when we had a a t-shirt campaign about farmers' mental health. Okay. And... Um, Fast forward to 2017, I actually received a message from someone that I didn't know, I had never talked to, never met, uh, but they had just lost a farming client to suicide. And through the t-shirt campaign that we had done, he thought maybe I could help. Okay. And he was looking for help for the family um, who had just lost their family member, but also for his other farmers that he thought may be uh, struggling as well. And when I got that, I didn't know what to do because there was nothing different that I could give him than I could have given him two years ago. And uh, frankly, it, it pissed me off. Right. So the next day, I drafted up some tweets, and I sent them over to Himanshu, and I said, Can, like, what do you think if I send these out? And he goes, absolutely. I think, I think that we need to restart this conversation again. Um, so I did, and... The result was something that I never expected, and the response was something I never expected, and it sort of just opened up the floodgates, and we haven't closed them since. Uh, and, and that response led directly to uh, the formation of Do More Ag, is that right? That is correct. So after I sent out that tweet, Leslie Kelly and her husband went live on Twitter, and Matt talked about um, his anxiety disorder and how that in impacts him on the farm. Right. And following that, um, Saskatchewan curler Kirk Myers actually saw, you know, the tweets and the video, and he had an opportunity to actually support uh, farmers' mental health. He wasn't sure how. Uh, and he contacted both of us, and he sort of said, I don't know what we could do, but I think we, you know, I'm willing to do something. And that's when we all sort of had this bit of a light bulb moment and, uh, and decided that, you know, this wasn't just a discussion that had to happen for 
a week, a month, a year, but it had to happen for a very long time. And uh, we decided to start the foundation. So, yeah, obviously it was pretty apparent that you'd, you'd really struck a chord there. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the goals of uh, the Do More Ag uh, organization. I guess when, when was it formed and, uh, yeah, what are those goals mm -hmm. all about? We launched formally just over a year ago. Right. And our mission is really to change the culture in agriculture to one where every producer is supported and encouraged and taking care of their mental well-being. And uh, we really focus on three main pillars, and the first one being awareness and breaking that stigma. And we really feel that this is the most important step that we can take at this point in time. Um, you know, and this is something that we're maybe not used to um, as an industry because we talk about taking care of our land and taking care of our animals and taking care of our equipment, but we really don't talk about taking care of ourselves. So we really haven't talked about our people in this way. So that's step number one. Uh, number two is really creating that sense of community where people can connect um, and also find resources. So if you look on our website under the resources tab, um, we're just getting started. We have all the provincial uh, crisis and helplines as well as uh, the national uh, lines as well. And then lastly is really around research. So the research around mental health and agriculture is really just starting and it started um, more, most recently with uh, Dr. Andrew Jones-Bitten out of the University of Guelph. And we really need to make sure that there more and more research is happening so that we can continue to make sure that we understand uh, what our producers are going through, what they're facing, as well as what resources they might need. Uh, are there good numbers on, uh, say, the number of farmers affected by mental health issues and uh, what what those issues are that Im impact uh, uh, farm families and, uh, and, and, and their livelihoods? Mm -hmm. So Dr. Angie Jones-Bitten, she did a survey on farmer mental health, and there are a number of different findings um, that, that she obviously came up with. And uh, she interviewed, I think it was 1,100 farmers across Canada right. when she did her research. And there are some pretty astounding numbers when it comes to uh, the number of respondents that uh, could be caught or met the criteria to be classified um, as having a, a depression disorder or having an anxiety disorder. 45% uh, of respondents were classified as having high stress. Okay. Almost 50% of those respondents were actually classified as having high stress. Which and seems, almost 60% yeah. um, were classified as meeting the criteria for uh, classified as having, having an anxiety disorder as well. Okay. And these are numbers. These are, they're, they're, they're big numbers. Um, yeah. yeah uh, requiring uh, I, uh, certainly a, a, you get a sense of urgency here. Absolutely. And then, you know, where I would like to see research going next is we understand that there is, we have, there, there's an issue that we need to address in our industry. How do we address it? You know, how do we make sure that, that these producers are getting the help, getting the resources, and how do we switch from um, an intervention type mode to a preventative type mode? Okay. I guess what kind of impediments are there for or for farmers in getting help with uh, with mental health issues as it stands? 
Mm-hmm. So one other interesting finding um, that Dr. Jones Bitten found was that 40% of producers wouldn't seek help because they were afraid of what their friends and family might think. Right. So that's almost half of us who wouldn't seek help because we are worried about basically the stigma. Right. And how that stigma may affect our families, our friends, and our operations. So that right there is a huge barrier that many of us face because we all live in small towns and um, we don't necessarily want to see our truck or, or our vehicle parked outside of, you know, a mental health um, service provider's office or institution. Right. The other um, barriers that we really focus on is obviously the current culture of agriculture, uh, which we do think has changed and is changing over the last year. So we're talking about that suck it up, cowboy up, you're fine, we don't have time for this type of attitude um, that we're really, really trying to change where taking care of one's one's mental well-being is actually looked upon as um, an investment and an asset into every operation out there. And then lastly, it's just the isolation and remoteness of of our farms. So we're often working alone. Um, we maybe don't even have very good cell coverage where we're working. So that really doesn't lend itself well to, one, just having regular conversation during the day. Um, and then secondly, going and seeking um, professional resources, which obviously um, aren't located on the farm usually. Uh, they're usually located you know, a, a few hours drive uh, that someone may have to take. Sure. Um. Has there been a lack of mental health services and, and support for farmers? Uh, uh, the, the flip side of not reaching out uh, is, is possibly there's, there hasn't been enough to reach out to. Mm-hmm. We're hearing that more and more. So there aren't very many farmer-specific resources. Um, I'm not sure that there, that there needs to be farmer, farmer-specific resources. However, um, we do know that there, you know, lines like the Farm Stress Line or, or the line in Manitoba, they do have people that work there that do know um, about farming, about agriculture, and that does make a difference when people are calling in that they feel understood. Sure thing. And uh, we're hearing a lot about, you know, I have went to my doctor or I have went to see someone, but it's a, a two-month wait or it's a three-month wait. Um, and those kind of wait times are something that we definitely need to address. And you know, once we get people talking, we get people who are willing to actually go out and seek help. We need to make sure that that help is there for them. Sure, sure thing. Um, you moderated a mental health panel at uh, a meeting of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, and I understand that proved to be uh, something of a turning point as well. Uh, can Can you describe what happened during that talk? Absolutely. So that. Um, that panel was actually just two weeks after that tweet in 2017. Oh, yeah. And um, I got a call and they said, hey, we want to do a panel on mental health. And I thought, oh, wow, okay. That's, that sounds good. Like, I was, I was surprised and I was hopeful. So I wrangled up um, some people to be on this panel. <clears throat> and the demographic in the room was um, mostly men and I would say over the age of 50. Okay. And I didn't know how this topic was really going to land. And when we were done, there was a lineup of men. Uh, there was two mics in the audience. <clears throat> and there was a lineup of men at each mic. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, we are going to get it right now. 
Like, this is not going to be good. Right. And uh, I remember looking over at my panel and kind of thinking, brace yourselves, people. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, instead of backlash, we actually got tears and thank yous. And uh, this is something that I will never forget. The very first man stood up and he said, it's about damn time we're talking about this. And, uh, and then he held up both of his hands and he said, if I think about it and I count the number of people I've lost to suicide on my hands, I run out of fingers. So very sobering and also I think probably very gratifying that, that you know, things were off to a, a real start here. It was, um, so the experience that we've had, I would say at the foundation is every step of the way, we have been surprised by the response. We have been surprised by the support. Um, when we think about um, the community, the, the community fund for mental health first aid that we just launched with the support of Farm Credit Canada. And um, we provided 12 communities across Canada with mental health first aid courses for free. And when we open up that application process, we thought we would have to go into communities and shoulder tap and kind of say, hey, please, please apply. Instead, we actually had to shut down the application process after three weeks because we had over 100 applications. So one, yes, we are absolutely on the right track. But on the other hand, it's also incredibly heartbreaking that we like we so desperately need need the knowledge, need the resources, need the tools out there. And we finally have people that are putting up their hands and saying, yep, we need this. What do we do? But we don't always have all the resources to be able to do that. Right. right. So it just, it also goes to show how much more work we actually have to do. Yes, we've made progress, but we have a lot more to do. Um, I guess the, the, the sensible question is, uh, where do you go from here after that round of really so successful um, uh, mental health first aid uh, sessions? Um, I guess, will there be more? Are there, plans to, uh, are there plans to address that need with more of these courses? Absolutely. Um, we want to expand our community fund uh, to include more communities uh, to receive mental health first aid. This year was a pilot, so we wanted to see was there a need, uh, were, these, were these courses and trainings going to be what these communities needed. So right now, we're just finishing up um, the last few courses across Canada. We're going to be collecting feedback and um, adjusting and streamlining the process and then uh, opening up applications for more communities to come through. So first off, that means going back through a wait list to see if uh, communities that had applied in September are still interested and going through that wait list first and then potentially opening up um, another round of applications as well. Okay. Um, one question I did want to ask is a, a little bit is uh, how did, uh, can you tell me a little bit about the process of creating uh, that first, uh, that first version of the uh, mental health first aid program? So the mental health first aid uh, training course is something that is created um, and mandated by the Mental Health Commission of Canada. So we knew um, that we wanted communities across Canada to be able to take mental health first aid. I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but I knew that we needed communities to be able to take that uh, those courses. 
So we had been working with and talking with FCC for quite some time. And I kept sort of just explaining the importance of mental health first aid. And as an organization, mental health first aid is something that they have um, also um, started to take for, for their staff. So they also understood the importance of it. So it was really about understanding, one, you know, what are the basics of mental health first aid? How do we convey how important this is to communities that maybe don't understand what it is? Um, and then how do we make it as easy as possible for these communities to apply, uh, put on a course, and um, experience and take in what that training means? So those were sort of the things that we worked through. So we actually worked through with Farm Credit Canada on developing out that process. And obviously now going through it one time, there are definitely things that, um, that, that we need to change or that we need to adjust a little bit. But all in all, I'm really happy with how, um, how the process went and how things turned out and, and the uptake that we've seen at the courses. Um, what kind of a response have you had from um, early? It's uh, early, but uh, what kind of response have you had uh, from the people who've been taking the course? Positive. They have all uh, all been positive, and um, I think it's a course that people really went in not knowing what to expect. Sure. And I think what they walked away from it with was maybe not what they expected, um, but something that they've seen that they are seeing as uh, very valuable. Not only in their in their communities, but even in their in their own personal lives as well. Now, the Do More Agriculture Foundation, it's a non-for-profit organization that promotes mental well-being among Canadian farmers. We just learned that from Kim and Ian in their interview. Uh, now, with a 50000 grant from Farm Credit Corporation, Do More Ag held mental health first aid training sessions in rural communities. They did this in Prince Edward Island, Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and in Alberta here. Uh, sessions were held from late February through mid-April of 2019, and Grains West attended a session held in Origin Malting and Brewing in Strathmore on February 25th. So we're just after nine here, so I think we'll get started. Uh, I just wanted to start first by saying good morning and welcoming all of you to Strathmore's Mental Health First Aid course. Uh, the first thing I have to do is just say thank you for all of you to joining us. Um, we were overwhelmed with gratitude as soon as the, we started advertising the course because of, um, I'm sure you've heard we sold out very quickly and even though we have um, a few no-shows here this morning I think it just speaks volumes to the interest in people wanting to take this sort of training. So a huge thanks to all of you for driving here on a very cold morning and for uh, being with us for a couple days of, of learning. My name is Hannah Conchu and I run a grain farm east of here close to Clooney. Uh, and I look forward to taking this course alongside you for the next couple of days. A little bit of background on how this all came to be. Uh, this training today is brought to us by the Do More Agriculture Foundation. They envision a culture in agriculture where all producers are encouraged, empowered, and supported to take care of their mental well-being. Now this is great. As mental health awareness has taken hold in agriculture, those in the industry have begun to talk about the problem. Now with talk, there has to come action. 20 farmers and ag professionals have gathered for this two-day mental health first aid training session. Um, so we're in session one today. And session one, we're going to learn about uh, mental health first aid, uh, common mental health problems. Uh, we're going to learn the five basic actions of mental health first aid so that you can respond to somebody who is developing a mental health problem or who's in a full-on mental health crisis. 
Um, then we're going to take a break. That'll be about 10.30. When we come back after break, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to launch into substance-related disorders. Now, substance-related disorders, the Mental Health Commission of Canada would challenge you that once you've done your mental health first aid, um, that you refer to what would have been called addictions as substance-related disorders. So the M Mental Health Commission um, has um, developed sort of a um, more person-centered, softer jargon. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't, having worked in addictions for so long, even I still sometimes slide back into some of the old language. Um, but as you go forward, uh, they would challenge you to start thinking about using a different language. So addictions has now been replaced with substance-related disorders. We'll talk about the symptoms of substance-related disorders, the risk factors for developing a substance-related disorder, and then we're going to go into crisis first aid for an overdose. Ian, you were, you were on location there, you were at the workshop. Can you kind of tell me what it was like and, and um, just kind of your experience uh, through your point of view? Well, as uh, Hannah Conchu noted in her opening, uh, opening address, uh, the course was held during a, a stretch of uh, bitterly cold weather, but it was sold out. Uh, now, this, the seating area at uh, Origin Brewing and Malting is, is mostly picnic tables, so it was pretty casual. Uh, the participants all sat in uh, two rows of tables while uh, Sue Fortune led the session with, uh, with a PowerPoint presentation on a, on, on a big screen uh, ab above the, uh, the, the small stage that they have there. Um, things were, I guess, quiet at the start as Sue got uh, the session rolling and, and, and folks were uh, sort of responding with, you know, tentative comments. Uh, but it wasn't long before, before you know, they were passive listeners, but they, they really got fully engaged quite quickly. Um, they had questions and comments, and, uh, and, and then they really opened up. Um, some discussed their own experiences uh, with family and friends and, and uh, co-workers who've, who've suffered. And, uh, and they even talked about their own difficulties. Uh, one one uh, participant uh, in particular talked about coming to terms with, with anxiety and having uh, quit... Uh, drinking alcohol just just a few weeks earlier almost all of us have taken some sort of first aid course and they have an idea about how to treat physical injury but what about the injuries that are are mental emotional or or, or stress related the program was created and mandated by the mental health commission of canada and kim told me that do more ag wanted to make it as easy as possible for communities across canada to present uh, the the uh, mental health first aid training um after this first successful pilot project, uh, they'll be studying feedback, then streamlining and adjusting the process. Uh, the aim is to make the program available to more communities. Seems to me this is helping to normalize talking about mental health issues and ultimately uh, in, in, in coping with them. So this is just to kind of represent that your physical health, like your own personal physical health, and your own personal mental health will change uh, throughout your lifetime. Physical health and mental health are never static throughout your lifetime. So you could be a person who's had a diagnosis of a serious illness, um, but you're coping well and you have good, positive mental health. So, you know, I can't help but think of a woman that I saw just last week. Um, she was just recently diagnosed as having breast cancer. Uh, so definitely diagnosed with a serious physical health concern. But you know, even with the diagnosis, she was doing uh, really well with her mental health because uh, she had a good medical team. 
um, she had drawn in and started to access all of her natural supports like her husband, her parents, her brother. Um, she had come for counseling to talk through uh, the diagnosis. So although she was um, given a fairly serious uh, or physical health disorder, in terms of her mental health, she was actually doing quite well. But somebody could have a diagnosis of a serious illness and have poor mental health. This episode of the Grains West podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Do More Egg Foundation. Talk more, ask more, listen more. I recently chatted with Do More Egg founder Kim Keller about the foundation's origins. Kim, why did you launch Do More Egg? We launched Do More Egg um, in a response to the industry needing to make mental health a priority discussion, not just for uh, a week, a month, or a year, but for many years to come. And uh, we really wanted to change the culture in agriculture to one where every single producer across Canada feels encouraged and supported in taking care of their mental well-being. Firsthand, how have you seen the impact that Do More Egg has had on the farming community? So we are just over a year old, and um, the response that we have gotten from the egg community, from the egg industry, has been absolutely incredible. We have seen changes in conversations, attitudes, and outlooks about mental health and agriculture. And um, this ranges from almost every single meeting, conference, farm show now has mental health on the agenda, which is absolutely incredible. And the sessions that are talking about mental health, you know, before they may have had just a handful of people in the room, but quite often those rooms are jam-packed. So people are one, becoming much more interested in the topic, but also two, becoming much more comfortable in, in having those discussions and learning more about it. And even if we look at our uh, Community Fund for Mental Health First Aid supported by FCC, we, we were able to fund 12 communities across Canada to have the training, but we actually received well over 100 applications from communities across Canada saying, yes, we want this training, we want this knowledge, and we want these tools. So those are really just two examples of the changes that we have seen uh, over the last year. All right, so next, we're going to hear a conversation with Hannah Konshu, who is the vice chair of the Alberta Wheat Commission and farms with her parents and husband near the town of Clooney. Hannah applied for the funding made available through the Do More Ag Foundation to host a workshop. At this two-day session, people from her surrounding community developed tangible skills to help others deal with issues relating to mental health and well-being. Ian spoke with Hannah at the mental health workshop, and here's their conversation. Now, this event is, is, is sold out, I understand. So uh, I guess what does that, ta- that, that say about the level of interest in, in, uh, in mental health issues uh, in, in the ag setting? You know, we had so much interest from the moment we put it on social media. We sold the course out in about a day. So I think that it speaks volumes to the amount of interest and the amount of need when it comes to resources around mental health and awareness, both in in agriculture and our our communities. And it would seem um, that uh, there's quite a bit of interest right now um, in uh, in mental health issues in agriculture, I I guess. uh, are, Are you feeling positive about that? 
I feel really positive about it. I think since uh, Do More Eggs, the Do More Agriculture Foundation's inception, there's been uh, a positive momentum and they've sort of created what, what I've referred to as a, a safe space to be able to speak about any personal issues that we've you know experienced ourselves in terms of mental health struggles, as well as um, what other people have gone through and how we've supported them. So I think that's extremely positive because we know that Mental health is something that we all have. It's just, it's, it's harder to talk about how it currently stands um, when you think about, you know, how it's easier to talk about physical health. So when I roll my ankle or something like that. So I think it's extremely positive and all the people that are at this course, they're going to, you know, they're gonna go back to their families and their communities and their workplaces and there's gonna be a ripple effect. So what they learn here today is gonna, you know, spread out even further. So I think all these things are extremely positive. Um, people seem to uh, start uh, a little quiet, but then obviously uh, during the, during this course this morning, um, they kind of get rolling and open open up and and kind of share their uh, their experiences. Um, do, you, do you get the feeling that uh, people coming to to a course like this, they just may not have uh, done much? They haven't talked much about this, and they're they just really need a place to talk about it. I, I think that's there's definitely an element of that, Ian. I think it's true that. It's one of those things that it, we haven't been comfortable talking about it, um, you know, outside, say, our, our tight-knit circles of family and friends. And the fact that there's this sort of educational um, event going on that encourages us to learn about mental health and to, you know, then go back out into our community and be able to talk about it there, I think that's huge. And I think it's an extremely positive thing. So, so how did you uh, initially get involved, uh, and and why with uh, with uh, Do More Ag and and this uh, mental health uh, first aid program? So I've been following the Do More Agriculture Foundation since its inception, and when I learned about the community fund, which is uh, Do More Ag and Farm Credit Canada coming together to put these courses on in 12 communities across Canada, I immediately thought this is a way that I can contribute. And selfishly, I wanted to take the course myself and I wanted my community to be able to take it too. So that's um, a big part of the reason why I um, put my name forward to make it happen. Okay, and, and, and so this, I guess, will be kind of almost like a stage one. Uh, uh, are, we gonna see, uh, are we going to see this program further available across the country in the future, do, we, do, do you think? I, think? I think the chances for that are very good. All, what I know about all the other courses is that they've all been is, uh, very well received as well. And so the, the biggest feedback that I think um, will be given to Dumareg is that we need more of them. So hopefully there's more resources and more support to keep making these courses happen in, in different communities on the next round. I guess a, a broader question, what would you like to see happen uh, in terms of uh, farm and agricultural uh, mental health, I guess? Uh, where can we go from here, from this sort of initial uh, get get started stage, I suppose? I think that the, it's only going to go up from here. You know, we've seen already since Dumareg started doing its work, we've already seen so much progress made, including, you know, having our, our federal government give some recognition and support and support to the mental health of farmers and ranchers. So that's a huge thing. I recently read an article by a farmer named Caitlin Duncan, who writes in The Western Producer, and she wrote something along the lines of, we need to recognize that um, farmers... They need, they need to have good health, and they need to have good health to be able to run profitable family farms, and we need to recognize both of those things in that situation. So I think the fact that we're now able to have this conversation and give recognition to that, that's a huge uh, positive step forward. 
Um, what would you say to anybody else out there that's uh, interested in in uh, farm mental health and uh, specifically uh, mental health first aid? I would say um, look for a course in your area. Follow Do More Egg. They're um, continuously uh, pointing us in the right direction of, of resources and, and take the course. It's a, a wonderful opportunity to learn more and, and tell your friends about it too. Now, as we've heard throughout the podcast and Kim has reiterated, um, the response from the Mental Health First Aid course participants have been very, very positive. Uh, many have told organizers that that it was not what they expected, but but it will be a valuable tool for them in their communities and in their personal lives. Now, one thing to note about this that's important, taking a mental health first aid course doesn't qualify participants to give medical advice or make a diagnosis or provide treatment. You can leave those to the professionals, but what it does do is give them the skills that, that they can recognize mental health problems and assist others in seeking help. So all participants in the 14-hour course, uh, they will receive a mental health first aid certificate. Sue Fortune encourages them to put the certificates up in their office and workspaces so those around them, they know they can talk to this person about receiving support. It's a signal for those who are struggling that they don't have to struggle alone. Now, for those who are interested in pursuing mental health initiatives in their communities, uh, Keller suggests pursuing funding for their guest speakers on the subject at local events or even putting on your own mental health first aid course. She advises that these aren't necessarily expensive initiatives, which is great, and she's found that the speakers on the subject tend to draw crowds. Rural people are becoming more interested and more comfortable on the topic. She welcomes questions about how you can take action at hello at domore.ag. That's hello at domore.ag. Well, that brings us to the end of our inaugural episode of the Grains West podcast. Thank you so much for listening. The Grains West podcast is a production of Grains West magazine, which is co-funded by Alberta Barley and the Alberta Wheat Commission. The Grains West podcast is hosted by me, Jeff Clovis, and produced by Ian Doig, Tommy Wilson, and Coles Ag Media Group. Get this podcast and future episodes from iTunes or wherever you can access your podcasts on your device of choice. Please rate and review if you can. It helps us a lot. You can share your thoughts on the Grain West podcast by emailing info at grainswest.com. <laughs>